Hello, and welcome to Site Visit, a podcast about architecture everywhere. I'm your host, Ashley Bigham, and I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Kerman. Before the coronavirus pandemic, Site Visit operated according to a simple format, one that called for an architectural visit to a site in person, and then a conversation about that experience. Since the world has gone into lockdown, our ability to explore architecture beyond our front doorsteps has been put on pause. And instead, we're finding ourselves analyzing and recontextualizing the buildings and spaces which we're most familiar with, our homes. Over the next several episodes, Site Visit will speak with architects from around the country about the places they've been quarantining since the lockdown began. Now that our homes have transformed into our studios, conference rooms, lecture halls, and fabrication labs, we're eager to understand how practitioners and professionals in architecture have re-engaged with their immediate environments and what they've discovered about the new ways that they're experiencing it. On today's episode, we spoke with Jermaine Barnes, an assistant professor and the director of the Community Housing and Identity Lab at the University of Miami. He is also the director of Studio Barnes, a research and design practice that investigates the connection between architecture and identity. Jermaine is home in downtown Miami, quarantining on his 10th floor apartment. We began by asking him to describe where he's been quarantining and how he's had to change or adapt his domestic space over the past few months. So um, as, as you mentioned, I am in, in Miami and I'm in uh, Miami proper, so the city. A lot of people have misconceptions of what Miami is. They, they see uh, TV and they think it's the beach and it's water all over the place. But um, the majority of Miami is actually mainland and that's where I am. And it's a lot of apartment buildings and condos, sort of like that, that typical um, sort of vision that everyone sees of the white building with the blue windows. And that's currently where I live. And so for me, uh, working from home isn't that new because because of architecture, we're able to be pretty mobile. But I'll say this, um, it's been a while since I actually sat on my couch for longer than like five minutes at a time. <laughs> and I realized how uncomfortable it was because of because of COVID, because most of the times I'm not home. Yeah. So being being at home, working from home so so much, it's like, wow, this is a very uncomfortable couch. So you um you you, you kind of live and work in one space. Do you live in a, a kind of like apartment complex? Do you have to go through public spaces to get into your own space? Yeah. Um and and uh Eric, that's that's one of the interesting things about the pandemic. So I'm on the tenth floor. Okay. Oh, wow. So I have two choices. I take the <laughs> elevator. And, and I'm pushing all the buttons with my elbow or I'm in this tiny box with other people or I take the stairs. Mm. And I've just been taking, so this is three months of me taking the stairs, 10 floors up, 10 floors down every day. So when I want to go to the uh, to check the mail, I'm taking the elevator, I mean, I'm taking the stairs because the stairs are just a bit safer for me to make sure I'm not interacting with other people. So that's something that makes it a lot, uh, a lot simpler to remove me from sort of interacting with the, with the virus as much as possible. Yeah. And, um, and they closed down our campus at the University of Miami where I teach. Okay. So we weren't allowed to go back on campus work in our research labs because I, I have a pretty big lab that I can work in and there's no one else there. But from their perspective, it endangers some of the support staff we have because that means they have to clean it, they have to maintain it, they have to leave their homes. So it would be extremely selfish of me to just want to get out of my house and work there just for some, some, uh, some reasons I couldn't do it at home. 
So your uh, so your stairwell is now your home gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is that is exactly what it is. That is. It. I've lost like fifteen pounds. Oh wow! Oh wow! You're doing quite yeah. Well. So you, I, you I'm not exaggerating. Un fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Between oh. that and walking to the grocery store, <laughs> having to cook my own food every single day, I've lost fifteen pounds. That's fantastic. So um, maybe just uh, since a lot of our listeners, not all, but a lot, are architects. Maybe um, you were mentioning that you've got like a generous lab space at Miami and you've got a lot of support infrastructure. Um, have there been uh, changes to the way that you practice? Um, you mentioned that architects can be quite mobile, but maybe you've noticed some kind of subtle changes or maybe not so subtle changes to the way you practice. Oh, I've, I've noticed massive changes. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty hands on with building and making things. Uh, I enjoy testing and I've, I was always taught that it's not a full test until you make it. Uh, you can you can conceive it in your mind, you can draw it, but until it's built or it's made or a, a mock up is is created, it's not fully tested yet. You're just sort of you're just playing around with the idea. And because I can't get into my lab, it's I can't do that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So my entire practice, for the most part, has shifted to being more experimental with drawing styles. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll just see how can I do this instead, and sort of develop new means of representation. Um, so going from sort of uh, photo reel to post digital and seeing how that works and then reviewing old projects and redrawing those based off of new uh, new processes. And I've written a lot more because in the past I didn't have much time to write. I was like, All right, I have this project coming up. I have to build it. I have to design it. I have to make it. I have this next project coming up. I have to install it. It has to be ready for the exhibition. I haven't had much of a chance to write a lot. So my practice has shifted massively to me being able to do more writing, more publication, um, more recentering what my mission is in architecture, yeah. um, which has provided a lot more clarity um, for me that I would not have expected uh, pre-corona. What space have you discovered a new appreciation for? My balcony. Mm, yeah, I, I never used to use it because, I, like, again, I'm not here, but because Miami is so sunny and I'm outside so much, like, I just had that experience all the time. Right. So when I when I'm working during the summers with the youth programs, I'm outside when I'm on campus, we eat out on our, on our quad. We walk around because Miami has a beautiful campus. And so I would never sit on my balcony. But because I can't go anywhere, that little five by eight. Uh, space I have <laughs> attached to the building sort of became my solace. So I would eat out there. I'll take my chair. I read out there. Um, I watch things on YouTube out there. Sometimes I work out out there. It's like that's my that's my little safe haven because that's literally the only piece of real estate I have that nobody has jurisdiction over that gets me outside. Yeah, and. And I'm curious, too, about the view to that, because that's also become I find myself just looking out the window. We're in our backyard a lot more. Or our tiny yeah. little patio. No, it's not a yard. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tiny space of bricks. Brick but, uh, yeah, but we're out there, of course, a lot more. Um, and even, you know, just like being near a window in the house, like feels much better now. Um, yep. And so I, I, you know, find myself looking out the window more. And I'm curious, what's the view like? Are you near a busy street you see people walking around like what you know i have so um i live on second avenue that's the corner of like the the kitty corner where i am but the opposite corner of my block is biscayne boulevard which is one of the most prominent boulevards in miami 
So that's that's where the Perez Art Museum by Herzog and Demiron is. That's where American Airlines Arena by uh, by Architect Hanukkah is. That's where the Frost Science Museum by Grimshaw is. Like I can walk to all of these places from where I live. Um, and as a result, a lot of the protests happened along Biscayne Boulevard. So I would go out on my balcony and watch the protests happening. And they were extremely peaceful to the point where cars just kind of just put over to the side and it was like, hey, go ahead, go forward. We understand the messaging. Go do what you have to do. And um, I'm on the east side of, of the apartment complex. And we all know as architects, that means I'm getting super early sun. So I, I rarely ever have to turn my lights on. And I shifted from my dining room table, where I used to have the majority of my Zoom calls and teach, to my living room. That's how I found out the couch is uncomfortable because <laughs> it's so close to the to the window and it's so close to the sliding doors to the balcony. That I get so much natural light. I was like, why wouldn't I just sit here and do this instead? So that sort of became a space to look outside. And I'm pretty sure when I'm on Zoom calls, people are always wondering, what are you looking at? Why do you keep looking <laughs> to the left? Because I'm, I'm constantly looking outside because the water is right there. The, the water is maybe four blocks away from, from where I live. Oh, Not wow. the beach, but yeah, the water, yeah. right? So I can go out and I can go by the do not crossing sign and find myself on some rocks. But the water is the pretty close. It's really interesting that you mentioned the balcony because we spoke with Carrie Norman a couple weeks ago. She was talking about the porch as a kind yeah. of a new social space or a kind of rediscovered social space, especially in the New Orleans context where she lives. Yep. Um, would you say like uh, you mentioned these kind of like voyeuristic acts of like looking around, seeing what's happening from your balcony. Is there like social dimension to being out there or is it really about just kind of getting a space just to yourself? I find it extremely voyeuristic because if I'm on my balcony, there's the parking garage right next to us. So I see some people who might be running laps on the garage or I look across the street and there's another parking garage and there's a dad with his two daughters and they're practicing tennis on the elevator, uh, on the elevator wall that's extending past the parking garage because they don't, they can't do anything else. Or I look up and I see a kid who's clearly bored out of their mind, just, <laughs> just, just throwing, like just throwing a tennis ball at the glass repeatedly. And so there's all these different, there's all these different moments and vignettes that are happening around where I'm just like, this is absolutely hilarious, but also terrifying. And then you start noticing all the little things like people haven't taken their Christmas trees down. And it's like, my man, it's June. Why, <laughs> why is, why is your Christmas tree still on the balcony? I don't understand what's happening. So our final question is just about how we've all been using this time. You know, maybe we have a little bit more free time or a little bit more downtime, like you say, yeah. you know, sitting on the couch or sitting on the balcony. Uh, and is there a space or a site that you've kind of used your imagination to visit? You know, is there a particular place that you've been wishing to visit or just thinking about recently? Oh, definitely. And I think it's, it's um, subconsciously or maybe consciously uh, an extension of sort of the porch and the balcony and that I really miss going to the Perez Art Museum by Herzog and Demiron. And that's because they have an outside terrace, which is sort of like a porch, which is absolutely fantastic. Like it's free to go out there. You don't have to pay. You don't even have to go inside the museum, but it sits right on the bay. So it's right there on the water. Uh, there's a massive overhang that, that covers you but it also still lets water penetrate through and lets uh, sunlight penetrate through, but not enough to where it's uncomfortable. So it's like you're sort of this, uh, this inter intermediate threshold between interior and exterior. And I used to just hang out there all the time. Like I would just go sit 
and just look out on the water and just reflect or just hang out or like go get a beer or something and just sit there. That was my happy space, but can't, can't do it because of this. So like I've thought about when will I get to go back to the Pam and sit and chill for a little while or go for Sunday brunch. So hopefully this thing lifts to where I can, I can go do that again. But I guess in the interim, I have to just continue to imagine what it's like to be outside. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds really like a very beautiful public space. And I love that idea that, you can be a part of the museum, but you don't have to buy a ticket to you know, exactly. Come in. And exactly. I think those kinds of spaces are really important. Uh, and so, the, yeah, that sounds beautiful. That's what I'm going to be dreaming about for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be imagining myself uh, down in Miami. So, um, yeah, Jermaine, is there anything else that you you know like to add? Uh, anything that we didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Um. No, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty heavy time in in the world currently. So I think sometimes you need moments of levity, and you need you need moments to sort of just take a break and, and sort of breathe and take care of yourself. So if there's anything I would I would just add is that like fighting for righteousness and fighting for what's good takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. So people have to take time for themselves. Like conversations like this are amazing mm-hmm. because I don't have to talk about the heavy stuff. Yeah. I can just take a second. I just take a break and talk about being on my balcony and watching kids throw things at the glass on their balcony. Like I needed that. So for me, I think that's what I would I would share with people is it's a long road. It's an arduous road. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. So take moments to break, take moments to breathe, take moments for yourself because it is a it is a long road to equity. That was really perfect uh, and very, very beautiful. And we're, yeah, thank, you, um, thank you for joining us. And we're really happy that we can provide a kind of, yeah, moment of just talking about architecture in the most sort of everyday ways um, for us, for ourselves, for you, uh, and also for our listeners. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Jermaine, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. To see Jermaine's pictures of Miami and his design work, visit our website. For Eric Herman, I'm Ashley Begum. Thanks for joining us.